everybody and welcome to Pod on the Time. My name's Taylor Payne and this is your go-to Newcastle United podcast brought to you by The Athletic. I am here this week in lockdown, joined as ever by Captain Chris Waffles Waff. Chris, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm getting there, mate. It's another week. We are still alive, which is great. Uh, and speaking of which, over to Mr. George Calkin. How are you doing, George? I am so unbelievably alert. <laughs> I could not be more alerter. Alerter, alert, good, yeah, alert. Excellent. I'm alert. I'm alert. Excellent. I'm just alert to. I'm alert to everything. I'm alert to anything and everything. I'm alert yeah. to the possibilities. I mean, I'm really glad I'm alert because I saw three coronavirus coming down the street towards me the other day, and then I hid behind a tree, and luckily I didn't see it. So and that's that's the that's know. the way to be. Yeah, be that's, alert. that's how you have got to be on your guard, haven't you? How's yep. your week been, George? Has it been all right? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, it's about sort of you know finding, getting used to the new normal, doing different things, finding new things to do. Um, I had a comedy conversation with uh, Steve Bruce yesterday. I gave him a ring. <laughs> Is and there any other kind? <laughs> and he answered the phone and he said, "Hello, son." I said, oh, "What's what's up?" I'm just buying some creosote. Nice. <laughs> and I just I'll have to call you back. I'll have to call you back. So it was very, very endearing, and it just felt like something that Steve Bruce would do. And yeah. he, he rang back, and I said, so he was buying it from a farm, from like a farm shop, so it was all perfectly like legal. And I said, so what, why, were you buying, why were you buying creosote? And he said, I've just got this really ugly fence. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I oh, don't know. I just loved, I just kind of, that, that cheered me up. That cheered me up a lot. Steve yeah. Bruce buying creosote and buying it because he has a really ugly fence. That's that's pretty good, isn't it? It's, that reminds me a little bit of the Alan Shearer story where he what he did after yeah. celebrating winning the title was creosote the right. fence, didn't he? Creosote the fence, yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Maybe it's a footballer thing that we don't know about. Maybe that's what they're all doing. Anyway, Chris, how are you doing? Are you okay? Well, I have what can only be described now as lockdown locks. Um, having and by locks. that, I, I don't mean locks as in locks on your front door. I mean locks as in the hair that used to be on my head, and is now. Uh, my fiance was uh, given the task on Sunday of using some clippers to remove said hair. A three all over is what I went for, and it came out with a three on the top. And then what looks on one side as if it's like I've, I didn't get a Nike swoosh when I was four years old. So instead, I've tried to do it when I'm twenty eight. And the clippers have slipped, and it's just like looks like just a swoosh. And then on the other side, it very much looks like uh, someone who's been trying to mow the lawn and has just gone awry and has just done a weird pattern. So yes, I am now. I, I, me and George had a Zoom call this morning, and I refused <laughs> at first to to remove the hood from on from the hoodie that's on top of my head because he was just laughing the whole way through. So I, I just I, I want to say like I want to preface what I'm saying. By by pointing out that I I love waffles. I mean, I genuinely love him. I love him as a colleague. I love him as a man. I love him as a friend. He is one of my very very favourite people in the world. I adore working with him. We work together really well. But he he looks he looks absolutely extraordinary. I mean, he has got massive chunks of hair missing. From behind his ears, and I'm afraid the notion that one of those chunks missing might be a swoosh. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, Chris. But um, even by your standards, um, that is, it's, it's. I, I am. I, I, I will talk to Chris in private. I do have photographic evidence. I'm going to need um, to see them, George. 
and we may have to we may have to make that public only with his Chris's consent, obviously. Um, but um, no, when he came he, he he came on this call this morning and he looked like an extra from a Star Wars film, as a as a as a as a, as a kind of young, um, particularly ineffective Jedi, and um, oh dear, I mean, he he has been maimed. <laughs> But he did look alert. He did look alert. I think. I think next time Alice approaches him with those clippers, he will be waiting. He I'm will very be waiting. Now. I'm very I've alert. S- I've got so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. Well, well, well. Rather, rather than ask all those questions, Taylor, oh, before God. before we hear about what you've been up to in lockdown, I know. I know it can be quite a difficult time in lockdown. I know we all need a little bit of cheering up. So we actually have a, a small surprise for you, which is going to be played. Right now. Hi Taylor, I've heard that you're uh, Virginia's biggest fan. I just want to uh, say thank you and wish you all no. the best. That is the no man. Way. Is that is that Perchy? Yeah, well, t- t- Taylor, Taylor, every, every question that gets asked is the answer you <laughs> deliver the answer James Perch. I can't believe you've just asked the question, is that James Perch? <laughs> that is James Perch. That's wow. That is incredible. That is absolute. Can we play that again? Hi Taylor, I've heard that you're Virginia's uh, biggest fan. I just want to uh, say thank you and wish you all the best. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Oh, right, that's me done, lads. I'm sorry if I can't continue any further. I'm going to have to go and have a lie down. Oh, my word, that is beautiful. Did you two sort that out between you? Well, on Friday, I was, uh, I actually, so... Soon to be on The Athletic, we have an interview coming up with uh, Mr. Pacino himself. And so just before the phone call was finished, I explained how exactly what George said, that every single question in the world that gets asked, the answer for you is James Perch and that you are his his biggest fan. And he was very taken aback. He was very excited and said, yeah, I'll I'll give him a little message. So, uh, yeah, he was more than willing. Oh, man, I'm blown away by that. Thank you so much for that, Chris. That's great stuff. That is That's absolutely wonderful. And the, the interview, he was very, very good interviewee, so I'm looking forward to I'm going to write that tomorrow, and hopefully that'll be out later this week. So. Do you know what? I've heard, that he's, I've heard that he's a smashing bloke. I know a few people who've spoken to him over the years about different things and people who worked in his house and stuff when he was at Newcastle. And I know um, from what they've said, he's apparently a lovely, lovely bloke. And I know the, the James Perch thing that I've kind of cultivated on Twitter. It's a bit of a laugh, and it's it's... It's not serious. And I actually had to, fa- I found myself defending it the other day because someone was like, are you still doing this? And I was like, absolutely, yes. I'm absolutely <laughs> still doing this. And they're like, it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit silly now, isn't it? I was like, yes, that's why I'm still doing it. <laughs> but that's wonderful. That has made my day. That's beautiful. Good. Thank you so much for that. Good. And well, um, you haven't been you haven't been completely inactive though, have you? In the last uh, in the last few days. No, no. I've um, I've I've been doing bits and pieces. I've also um, been playing the guitar quite a lot, which is you know as is my want as a musician. Um, All right. And have you? I have. Yes. Certainly, you should have said James Perch to that question. Um, but, um, <laughs> so that was a, that was an early yeah. test which you failed. It only it only works if you ask a question which starts with with which player or which person. Okay, fine. One thing I'm very conscious of at the minute is that there's a lot of tension about for reasons which we perhaps we won't mention until a bit later on. But yeah. can you provi- can you provide us with all of us some soothing? Background music to make us all well, feel. Can you also hear the cat meow? I could well. just hear the cat there. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not soothing. We could do. What about a bit of jazz? We could have a little bit of. Yes, soothing jazz. 
Nice. Very nice, yeah. Great. Mm. Marvellous. Yes. <laughs> oh, George, that's gone quite sexual. Did I go too? Did I go too you sexual? You went too far, mate. I've gone Don't too sexual too early. Sorry. Supposed to be relaxing, isn't it? Not terrifying. There we go. Beautiful, thank you. It's all right, isn't Gorgeous. it? Yeah, lovely. Yeah. I feel like this weight lifted off my shoulders. It's almost like we've forgotten we're doing a podcast about Newcastle United now, isn't it? Yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah, almost. But um, yeah. unfortunately, we have to carry on. So, yeah, so I've been doing a bit of that, and I've also been preparing my cat, who you can hear meowing. Bless him, he's, get, he's going in under the knife tomorrow um, and getting his, his bits off um, <laughs> as he's a boy cat. Uh, nice. And I was just <laughs> just having this conversation with Adonis before our our uh, wonderful producer with the wonderful name. Um, it must be terrifying. It must be so traumatic as a cat. You wake up one morning, you get put in a box, you get put in a car, you come out in the vets, you fall asleep, you wake up, and your balls have gone. <laughs> I'm sorry, Taylor, but can you can you play some more soothing music, please? Because that's awful. <laughs> That is really George, awful. Can you imagine You've... that happening? Can you imagine that no, happening to you? No, no. <laughs> can you please play some more soothing music? <laughs> no. Ah, uh, right, my okay. God. Yeah. So the cat. I've, uh, I think the cat knows something's it up. It does sound like he does sound like yeah. he knows. Yeah. Well, it's the responsible thing to do as a cat owner. Absolutely, it is. You don't want lots of little baby cats running around the place, no. do you? Or kittens. No. As kittens, as I think. Yes. Anyway, chaps, we've talked. Utter shite for five to ten minutes. What should we talk about now? Uh, Danny Rose has been uh, in the news this morning, um, talking on, I believe, an Instagram live chat about Project Restart and about the Premier League. uh, And his comments, let's say, have been... (laughs) We have to be careful here, don't we? His comments have been taken... Yeah, they're very strong, strong. aren't they? Yeah, I think we can hear a bit of them, can't we? Oh, good, yeah. Government saying, oh, bring football back because... It's going to boost the nation's morale. I don't give a fuck about the nation's morale, bro. People's lives are at risk, so it's just... Do you know what I mean? Football shouldn't even be spoke about like coming back until the numbers have dropped like massively. It's bollocks, bro, so... Mm. Well, very honest and open, that, isn't it? Very sweary. Um, very could sweary. Definitely have, could definitely have done with a bit of soothing jazz in the background. Um, <laughs> well, it's... You know, one one of the things from from speaking to Steve Bruce, they are due back in on Friday to have uh, start having tests, and then Monday they're due to start training, um, albeit in very limited numbers, four or five at the at the training ground at the same time. And you know, we're still waiting for kind of final votes and so on and so forth. But there has been that kind of indication now that. Um, that it can happen next month, and so football is starting to kind of gear up again. Uh, but these these arguments, you know, the sorry, the conversation hasn't gone away. And Danny Rose is has always been one of the most um, sort of open and outspoken footballers around. And I've got a lot of, I have huge sympathy for what he's saying. Um, you know, there does seem to be this sort of government uh, sort of sanctioned notion that it's, you know, good for the country's morale to get football back. Meanwhile, football is sort of wrestling with itself and a lot of it is about money and, you know, it feels to me like sort of almost all of it is about money. And, you know, part of me would love to see football on the telly again. Part, Part of me doesn't want that at all and what I care about is the sort of human side of it. And... 
you know, which I think we talked about kind of last week. It's and you know this idea of players being tested and retested, and um, the idea of you know neutral venues that doesn't sound like that's going to happen now. But the idea of games behind being played behind closed doors, this it feels to me, you know, it's it's it stops being football at some point, and you know, the players are and a right to be um concerned about about uh about what the game will look like when it comes back i mean we're you know we are still being told that we have to socially distance and okay fine players will be tested before and afterwards but they won't be social distancing on a pitch and i don't know it feels like some sort of it feels very strange and it feels it doesn't feel like it stops it stops being football up for me in this somewhere in this conversation and you know you are talking about health and you are talking about well-being and stuff like that um it's it's um you know i don't know what chris thinks but it's it it just feels so far away from football or what football means to me that you know and there there is this I don't want to say that this feeling that footballers are sort of expendable. I don't think the government are sort of saying that. But, you know, we shouldn't be... I don't think we should be doing this until, you know, until there's until there are proper guarantees in place. And I, I, and I just can't see the... I can't see the point in playing, playing games the rest of the season. I honestly can't. I, I just can't. I don't think forcing footballers back to work to provide entertainment for us um, when this is happening is a good look. I think it's horrible, actually. I don't think it should yeah. be happening. I don't think it should be even on the th- on the thought process of people at the minute. I, I don't really give two monkeys about football at the minute. I don't care whether it re- whether it returns on the first of July or if it's August or September or whatever. As long as people are safe, um, that's that's has to be number one priority. But it goes like this for any workplace environment for me not just footballers or whatever, if I got a phone call tomorrow asking me to go back into work, I'd want assurances that it was safe. Do you know what I mean? It's the, it's the same for everybody, isn't it? And footballers, I think footballers get made out to be, um, you know, oh, well, they should be should be happy that they, that they get to play again, these millionaires, and it's nothing to do with them being millionaires or rich guys or anything like that. They're in a job. They provide entertainment for the public, and it's not required at the minute. It's not necessary. Even removing the football element, the, at the end of the day, and this often does almost get overlooked, the, these people are, the, are human beings. They have families. Some of them, you read stories about some players are concerned about coming back because they live with someone who's described as vulnerable, be that a, a family member, an elderly generation, someone who's got uh, an underlying health issue. And so they don't feel comfortable potentially going out into, yeah, they're, they're talking about creating these biospheres to a degree and everyone's going to be tested regularly, but there's still no guarantee that that, that safety is there. And, I, th- and I, I, I find it strange that as soon as a, there's been a lot of that, and I saw someone tweet earlier basically saying that if someone towards the bottom of the Premier League, a player comes out and says that they're not comfortable about playing, it's because, oh, they like, get relegated. Towards the top of the Premier League, suddenly people start listening and think, actually, yeah, maybe this is something... It, it, Forget forget where players are and what clubs they're at. They are human beings first and foremost, and this is that those those concerns clearly were, were expressed in, in very strong terms by Danny Rose. But he is very vocal. He is someone who doesn't he doesn't sugarcoat his words. He's a very for us as journalists, he's a brilliant interviewee because he doesn't speak in cliches. He's honest. And he will say what he thinks. And clearly, Rose is someone. Obviously, he's he's, he's due to return to Newcastle on Friday to to have a test. There, in theory, potentially going to start training in small groups on Monday. But it, that just shows you that there's at least some players 
who have these concerns still and that really uh, they need to be addressed and, and, and reassured just as when parents are worried about sending kids back to school players need to be reassured that, that that they and their families will be safe if this resumes and there's that very strange thing you know like at the start footballers are sort of held up you know they, they these are the people who have to make um who we sort of have to make an example of and that they should be taking pay cuts and that they should you know that footballers were footballers were the people who were shamed and you know why why footballers why you know and and now it's footballers kind of have to come back to sort of entertain us and there's this sort of really peculiar relationship some people seem to have with football and footballers that they're being held up as being you know the worst examples and now and now they're expected to be sort of the best examples and to make us all happy and get us out of it and you know this is a this is a this is a huge health issue that affects all of us. And, you know, I, I find football's and role in it, I find that kind of really sort of distasteful. And it's annoying. I mean, it's it's annoying. Um, again, to repeat, I, I can't understand the idea that we have to rush back. I can understand. I, I mean, I do understand it because I think by and large on the, on the Premier League side, on the football side, it's about money. Yeah. And um, but this idea of sort of you know rushing back, I, I I think exactly as you say, Taylor, it's not a good look. People having to be tested, people having to, you know, be tested and retested, training in small groups. Well, if you're training in small groups, you you can't train as a defence. You can't train as you know it's it's. And if it gets to the point where you're doing all that and then there are no people there to watch you at the end of it, it stops being football. It's something else. It does to me. It doesn't make sense, and it's not necessary. And there's a hundred thousand other things that need to be thought about first before this. I don't want to get all tinfoil hat here about this, but to me, it feels like when things are not quite going right, um, point at the footballers and say, you yeah, know, exactly. you, you need to sort this out. Why aren't you sorting this out? Why aren't you entertaining us? There's absolutely no question in my mind. These people should not be going back to work. It's it, it for our entertainment. It's sick. It's actually sick to me. I don't like it at all. Right. We need we need a musical. We need a musical interlude after that. I'm feeling <laughs> all, I'm God. feeling all stressed. What about cans 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 cans? Too early. You've gone too early. You've gone too early. Shit. Sorry. Got carried away, didn't I? Harry sponsors Pod on the Time, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. The Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. A weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. As a listener to Pod on the Tine, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash pod on the tine right now. That's harrys.com forward slash pod on the tine. So, George, um, we've just heard a bit of my new composition there called Cans, uh, which is an anthem for a generation. I think you'll find expect it to be in all good record shops soon. We Do we even have record shops? No, we don't. Uh, <laughs> no shops. We don't even have yeah, shops no anymore. Shops, yeah, no. <laughs> expect to find it scrawled on my toilet wall uh, very soon. Um, yeah, so 
George, I know you. I know this is the last thing in the world we want to be talking about right now, and there, you know, you've had questions coming at you from all angles. I imagine you're absolutely sick to death of this. Um, but where are we with the takeover at the moment? There's been a lot of noise this week again, as there has been every week since this whole debacle started. Where are we? Well, can can you just can you just play some gentle notes in the background, <laughs> please, whilst I speak? That would be very nice if you could just do little background. Background notes. Some gentle background notes. <coughs> yeah, yeah that'd be good. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, um, that calms me as I speak. So I think that the, the important thing here is to remember that this is a process. Oh, I'm kind of feeling like I'm falling asleep gently. Um, Sound like a doctor on TV. You know, like oh, yes. a GM TV yeah. doctor. Oh yeah. Okay. I quite like that. Yeah, Doctor George. I quite like that. Um, and so. If you're sort of looking at it on a day-to-day basis, it feels like there is another news story will come out and that's bad news and therefore we should all get up a height and be really worried and it's never going to happen and it's not going to happen. This is a long-term process and the word process there is the is the key thing. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way process. So it's not that at the moment that the Premier League are reading through the documents submitted by the buyers and uh, at some point are going to make a pronouncement and you know that's the end of it and they keep being given more and more bad things and so that makes it worse and worse it's a two-way conversation so they're reading things and they're then asking for more information or further details Amanda Staveley's group and then providing that information and so when we've talked about things like there being no red flags in the process. What that means is that nothing that the Premier League has found would be enough to derail it, you know. And um, and again, when we've talked about possible timelines for it, so originally, I've said this so many times now, that they were told it could take up to four weeks, but that was a guideline. It was a, you know, it's not a definitive deadline. It's not a date by which it can't happen anymore. And um, it's shown that it's been incredibly complicated. And um, there are also other things going on with the Premier League, as we've, as we've seen, and there are other things going on in the world. So none of, the, none of the subjects which have kind of come up from, whether it's human rights, whether it's uh, TV piracy, all those things, were unexpected. They were expected. But... At the end of it, what happens is the Premier League will decide. Then the final bit of money happens. It's as if, but it's kind of as if um, every time there's a news story which could be looked at as negative, that it's about to derail it. Well, it's not. It's a conversation, and they try and work. Oh, okay. Now you're getting slightly that slightly edgy music now because it feels like I'm. Oh, oh no. You mentioned oh, derailing. No. Oh no! Oh no! I need to get this. I need to get this back on track. I need to Pull this get back. this back on Pull track. So, I mean, the latest report this week um, says that there's, you know, that that there's new information about the piracy thing. I mean, again, it 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 just has to it just has to be allowed to be sifted through and uh, and looked at. And I've said this before as well that this is if this is an exhaustive process then as people who care about Newcastle, we should be happy about that. I mean, it might not feel like it at the moment, but, um, you know, there has been an ownership that's been there for 13 years, and for most of that time, 
Newcastle fans have been unhappy with that owner. Now, if this process takes a long time, at the end of it, there are new owners, that's surely a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing. It might not feel like it at the moment, but if they're being exhaustive in sifting through all these arguments and sifting through all the information, that's good for us as Newcastle fans. It's not bad. It's good. And um, so we have to let it... Yeah. We have. To, we just have to let this... We have to let this play out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Stupid guitar down. Anyway, uh, yeah. So no, I can. I completely get what you're saying. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people at the minute are kind of using these numbers that they keep hearing. So they hear things like two to four weeks, or this time next week, or you know, they're using these as absolutes, and they're going, well, it has to be done by then. And I think this is the this is the the danger we're in at the minute is that people when something isn't announced or something hasn't happened by this point or by a certain point people get into you know they get themselves into a tizzy about it and it's like you say it's a process and it will be completed when it's completed now we still don't know what the answer to that is going to be whether it's going to be completed in green light go or completed in sorry but you know better look next time we don't know yet and nobody knows except the premier league and you know we just have to keep waiting and being patient are you uh, are you waiting and being patient chris i am yeah i mean when you mentioned those time frames i just wanted to sort of defend some people in 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 our industry in, in journalism of because course, yeah and I, I, I know i know <clears> that a lot of people are picking up on these and saying two to four weeks or the same but Every day on social media, fans understandably want information and they're asking journalists for information. They want more. So journalists are giving across the information they hear from, from various sides, whoever that may be. Now, most people, most of those reports have contextualised that, as, as George has said, in terms of that there is no set time limit for this. Two to four weeks was the guideline guidance that all of them were given. But sometimes this takes less time. Sometimes it takes more time. Southampton, because it was very complicated in a slightly different way, it took a long time. It's not, it's, it, 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 because it's that two-way conversation as well. New things come to light. That means that the process takes longer. Does that mean it's been delayed? Well, it depends how you want to bracket that. But mm. so... I, I do feel I, I know having when I was at the Chronicle before takeover stories are so difficult to report on George and I know how difficult it is doing it here but when you have a day-to-day yeah. reporting on this as a lot of other news organizations are having to do Sky and, and everyone it, it is very difficult because rightly and understandably fans want information but yeah. unfortunately when it's with the Premier League there is very little information to give beyond what you can hear from both sides the, the Premier League haven't yet made their own decision. You said before that nobody knows but the Premier League. I'm not even sure if the Premier League can, can necessarily give the answer because well, yeah, they're still working true, through yeah. it. So so you're at this stage where, yeah, it, it is very difficult, particularly in lockdown when everyone is, is so behind and it, it feels like my gosh, he's 10 years so close to being over and that it also feels so far. And I, and I entirely understand why there is so much frustration, but it is just a frustrating process for everyone involved um, and we would all very much like it to end in a positive manner soon, but we just unfortunately all we can say is that it's a process that's going to take some time 100% is it's understandable that people people are you know nervous and um, exacerbated and frustrated and things like that the Premier League the Premier League gu- guidance that it could take up to four weeks is something that they shared with you know with both sides of this and they just that's so that people can make you know, make plans to what you know to the best of their ability. Okay, so just to let you know, this will probably t- it'll take it'll, it'll you know might take this time, might take that time. So 
it's that's the kind of thing you want to know in any walk of life about anything. Okay, fine, you can't give me the exact date, but can you give me some something that I can work with, something that I can, you know. And so, but equally, the Premier League probably thought that by now they would have some idea about whether football was going to start again. And things have changed in all of our lives since then, including lockdown being extended further, including, you know, those those sorts of things changing. And the Premier League is... So, you know, they might have had an idea that that side of things would have been sorted out. Now, I'm not necessarily linking the two things together, but I'm just saying things happen. Things happen in life that either complicate things or delay things. But even use I'm hesitant to use that word delay because people say is it going to is it delayed well no it's not delayed it's 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 a process that takes time and when when I think I've it's been when asked- you when you say that word delayed, I think people think, well, that yeah. means there must have been an end date. But there was never yeah. an end date. No, you can only delay never... something when you've got when you've got an end date. You know, perhaps there have been moments when, you know, if I've been like asked on Twitter, oh, might this week be the week that it happens? Or, you know, what's your hearing? You know, and I'm ref- I'm reflecting back what, what both sides have been told, again, as guidance. Oh, well, this week. And it's not like, you know, we've made our mind up. We're going to tell you on that. It's like, okay, well, this is how the process is looking. We, it look, feels like we're at the end of it now. And then, you know, there can be there can be something that happens that needs further investigation. And that's that's how it's that's how it's working. It's a it's not like everyone's just sitting waiting. It's investigating the people who will be running the club and then also their plans for the club. It's a very very complex process. It's not just one director. There are several yes, people yeah, that yeah. have to be looked at. And you know, I think it's very difficult because there are there are lots of news outlets and you know we're reading on one hand that Newcastle are going to be after Gareth Bale and that Pochettino is going to be manager and on the other hand we're we're reading Mike Ashley's getting annoyed about this and there's other bidders in the winter it's like come on you know Some, what it, sometimes you're you reading know. that from the same outlet as well and you can and you can be and you can be and it's <laughs> yeah. very you know it's, it's amazing, very difficult my and I don't want to tell people not to look at newspapers and stuff like that you know because we're you know we're a news organization and stuff like that but yeah exactly i would urge people not to sort of, i mean gareth bale is not joining newcastle you know i would urge people you've heard it here first people that's an exclusive not, there from Colgan. and not you know not <laughs> and but, but but you know but it's also it's not just this isn't just journalists by the way you know marker yeah. i think i'm right in saying i've got a very close relationship with real madrid real madrid who've been trying to get rid of Gareth Bale for a long time. I mean, so there are a lot yeah. so you know, the media kind of carries the can for a, a lot of this, but there are so many agendas in football and so many people. It's very it's political, whether, isn't it? Whether yeah. it's clubs, whether it's players, whether it's directors, whether it's managers, all that sort of stuff. And when people think that money is appearing from somewhere, people get very, very excited. And mm. so what I would urge people to do is try and take a step back and you know remember that that this is again i'm using the word process i hate it it makes it makes me sound like sort of roberto martinez it's a project <laughs> um so this is a project this is a you know this is a, it's a process and it'll finish when it's ready to be finished and yeah. if it's an exhaustive process really we should be pleased about that i personally i don't want new owners just to be waved through and hooray we've got new owners i mean Mike Ashley arrived. I th- I was one of the people who thought he would be an improvement on the previous lot, 
um, because I thought that the previous lot had, had, you know, things had started to go wrong. They were making Hollywood signings. Mm. Suddenly there was this new man that comes in, exciting, uh, you know, felt different, felt interesting and stuff like that. And I'm not saying be careful what you wish for. I'm not using that phrase. But if if this is a rigorous process, I'm... I am actually comforted by that, not the other way mm. around. I would I would say that's a pretty decent message to fans as well, isn't it? Is be be glad that this has taken as long as it's taken because it's it's kind of you know you're going to make sure you're getting the right information out there and everyone's going to be thoroughly investigated and the, and the takeover is going to be done in the right way. Chris, I've got a question for you. I want your opinion on this. I've seen somebody ask this on on Twitter the other day, and I, I found it very interesting. Do you think? that this takeover would even be going ahead if it wasn't for the coronavirus pandemic? That's a very good question. I've seen other people speak about this, and there have been suggestions uh, of people who are close to to Magashi that really the financial situation has sort of quickened this or forced it on in terms of Mike Ashley, uh, his, his core company, Fraser Group. Obviously, the share price has dropped significantly and um, he potentially wants the 300 million around that figure to, to help shore up that and to, to help shore up his, his core business isn't he fed up with Newcastle. I mean, I can't speak specifically for Mike Ashley, but it seems to me that logically that, that, that probably has quickened the pace for it. I mean, as George has said many times before, this has been a long process. Amanda Stavely has wanted the club for three years and, and current talks have been going on for the best part of 12 months, if not longer. So, But has, the, has this probably quickened the, in a perverse sort of way made this more likely? I think it has, um, mm. and I think because of that, with Mike Ashley just wanting the football financial landscape is now so uncertain going forward. Whereas yeah. before it was sort of guaranteed 120 odd million every year for just surviving the Premier League. Now, who knows how football finances will look in three to five years' time? Yeah, would we say it's it's probably had a detrimental value on the uh, detrimental effect on the value of the club, hasn't it? Overall, you would definitely say that. Would this would this lead you to think that the price was dropped because of coronavirus and all that sort of stuff, or or, or was this just a good bit of bargain and a good bit of negotiation on Amanda Stavely's behalf? I think that there's, I mean, for that we, I mean, I have to go back several weeks now, but we, yeah. you know, that asked that there was that question of why on earth would you want to buy a football club right now because it doesn't feel like the right mm. time to be making a massive purchase um, when so much is uncertain, not least, you know, what when football starts again, how it starts, what it looks like, you know, the finances of whether people are in the stadium, you know, that kind of stuff. It feels like, you know, what happens to broadcasting deals and all that. And I think what we said, what we said then was that the investment fund of Saudi Arabia they're actually looking at the long term, and for the long term, for them, the coronavirus is not irrelevant, but is a short term thing. And if it lasts for a year, that is still a short term. That is still a short term issue. If they're looking at something ten years down the line, you know, this is an invest. This is an investment, which may bear fruit in ten years, or you know, that sort of stuff that they can actually afford. That they are so ridiculously wealthy that they can afford you know that they can afford to do that or if you're more cynical about it and see it as an issue about sports washing well that's something that you know that's something that doesn't change tomorrow next year you know they'll want to do that so however you know however you look at it whether it's from a positive side or or a sort of negative side or a combination of those things it's a sort of long term it's a long term investment and the sort of ups and downs of it don't kind of don't kind of matter too much um it doesn't feel you know i don't think i mean possibly moving forward 
you know, when we see clubs really struggling, um, perhaps, you know, perhaps sort of businesses around the world will see this as an opportunity to sort of snap up. I mean, I'm, you know, this this can apply to any any business. You know, perhaps they'll see that as a time to sort of to. Um, but I, I mean, I think the price has come down at Newcastle, and I think that's because of the, you know, I think that is because of the uncertainty around at the moment. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com. You have the opportunity to sip eight delicious, painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash Tyne and pay the postage of just $4.95. And if that wasn't enough, as listeners to Pod on the Tyne, you'll get two extra free beers. Beer52 are beer pioneers. They travel the globe and find the best and most interesting beer from the very best craft breweries. They are now the world's most popular popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand, and many more. As an independent UK company, Beer52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer52 is that you can leave at any time. The power is in your hands. Your case will also include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment and a beery snack is thrown in too. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash Tyne to get your case free. And don't forget right now, listeners to Pot on the Tyne, get two extra free beers. Remember, ladies and gents, you can keep up to date with all the latest goings on in the football world, all the fantastic writers we have at The Athletic. And at the moment, we have a 90-day free trial for those of you who are signing up. Keep an eye on the uh, on the website for new and interesting articles from Captain Waffles and from George Colgan. And uh, take care of yourselves. Make sure you check out that 90-day free subscription. Cheers. I have another question that I want to direct to Chris, actually, that's just came to me. Um, Chris, why um, why didn't you just shave it all off on a, a no guard? <laughs> I've asked him that this morning. I yeah, don't understand do why you would leave it in the current state it's in. Why wouldn't you well, just shave it all off? It's unique, what I have at the minute. Um, oh, you're unique, I, all right, I, mate, I, definitely. Wow. I think that there will be a lot of people <laughs> in time will be asking for a waffles. <laughs> Actually, is it? Is it? Does it? I'm gonna have a look. Does it look? Oh, it maybe it disgusting. looks like. Does it look like a waffle? It doesn't look like a waffle. Honestly, the oh. first man in history to have his hair cut with a combine harvester. <laughs> That's just amazing. You, well, you need chops. your you need your you need your head creosoted, Chris. <laughs> Get on to Bruce. You might have some left. Uh, chaps, thank you very much for talking to us. It's been a good uh, 45 minutes or so. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Thanks for listening. Of course, stay safe, stay alert, keep those cans cold, look after yourselves. Please, whatever you do, don't try and cut your hair like Chris has uh, and just take care of yourselves. Chris, have a, have a good week, mate. We'll speak to you next time. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Stay safe, everyone. Yeah. I look forward to your next instalment in the tribulations of Chris Woff's life. Uh, George, take care, mate. Thank you very much. Alert at all times. Alert to all dangers. Alert to possibilities. Alert. Just constantly alert. State of alertness. Excellent. I'm off to chop off a cat's knackers. I'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. This has been Pod on the Time. Take care. Bye-bye.